we're going to continue to celebrate the Christmas season by going to God's Word. And we've been spending a little time in this verse in Isaiah, the prophecy of Isaiah, and it's Isaiah 9, verse 6. And we're going to continue in that this morning. Let's read God's Holy Word uh, together, this one verse. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So the child promised, and the son to be born here is Jesus. As Isaiah brings God's message about Jesus coming He gives us those names for Jesus, and they give us characteristics of the baby born to Mary at Christmas. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, and today, Everlasting Father. And this one, this name for Jesus, at least uh, at first, seems a little bit puzzling. Everlasting Father, a name for Jesus. And it's, it's puzzling, right? Because God reveals himself as one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we call that the Trinity. You won't find the word Trinity in the Bible, but all Christians agree that this is the clear teaching of Scripture. It's a mystery, one God, three persons, uh, but, it, but it's biblical. And Jesus is the Son, not the Father in the Trinity. Each one of those three persons is equally God and has all the attributes of God, the characteristics of God, and yet the persons are distinct. Father, Son, Spirit. They can't be mixed or confused. And so how can Jesus, who is the Son, be The Father. That seems like a mixing or a confusion of the persons of the Trinity. And that's heretical. That's a false teaching. So, of course, the Bible can't be teaching anything false. And and so we got to look at this in a different way. Something else must be going on. And what that seems to be is that Isaiah is not talking about the Son, Jesus born of Mary, in relationship to the Father and the Holy Spirit, not talking about his relationship in the Trinity, but instead we're getting a description, a picture of his relationship to us, his people. We read in John 13, that Jesus calls his disciples, his followers, my children. And, and so that's another Bible verse that says we are not only God the Father's children, but we're also Jesus the Son's children. We're used to hearing, of course, that we're children of our Heavenly Father and all that means. But what does it mean that we are Jesus' children. What's absolutely certain is that with everlasting Father, like with wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, 
we see another way that this child, our Jesus, is wonderful. And so, Everlasting Father, this is a wonderful word and message for you and me too, for sure. But, but how? How is it wonderful? And how specifically is this child, Jesus, your everlasting Father? I think there are a number of ways. And for one, Jesus is the founder of your faith. We talk about, with our nation, the founding fathers, right? Who, who comes to mind, and you could, you could call this out if you want, who co- comes to mind when we talk about the founding fathers of our country? Any names? Madison, Washington, I heard. Thomas Jefferson, I heard that one. There's a few others I might have missed. Another one that's a really big musical these days. Alexander Hamilton is another one of the six or seven or so. John Adams, I believe. I I can't promise to have them all exactly right. Well, Jesus is the founder of our faith. Ever think about that? He's the author and perfecter of our faith, says the book of Hebrews. So, the good news of Jesus' coming was planned and it was promised by God all along, but when he was born, that's when it actually happened. That's when salvation came. That's when Jesus' nation, the Bible calls it the kingdom, that's when it was finally established. Our original founding father, the founding father of the entire human race was Adam. But he messed things up in the garden. He and Eve fell into sin. And the Bible talks about Jesus as the second Adam. Someone needed to make a new start for humankind. And God himself provided what was needed in his son, born for us, later in his life sacrificially given for us on the cross. But with Jesus coming, the new family of God began. One of the things we need to ask ourselves this morning is whether we're part of that first Adam's family, uh, the original Adam's family, which went the way of sin, and ultimately that family is on the road to destruction, or are we in the second Adam's family? Are we a part of Jesus' family? And that puts us on the path of life and even eternal life in heaven. Each one of us, even if we were born into the church, each one of us was born into the first Adam's family. But we can be reborn into Jesus' family by calling on his name, by giving him our heart and our lives, and telling him we want to be done with the old ways of sin. We want to be done with our our rotten, cold hearts. And instead, we want to receive a new heart and the cleansing and salvation and new life and new family that his coming brings. So Jesus is the founder of our faith. That's, that's a way in which he's our father. Jesus is also the father in the sense that he's um, the mentor for your life's journey. And, and what I mean by that is 
when I mentioned earlier that Jesus called his disciples his children, it, it was especially about this. The Jewish people often had rabbis, and they were like mentors. Rabbis would have groups of followers, like Jesus did, disciples, and the rabbis would teach them not just head knowledge, but especially how to live. Jesus was a rabbi who was a man, but also fully God, and so he teaches his children God's wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, wisdom is described as coming from a father to a son, a spiritual father to a spiritual son. And and so there's biblical precedent for Jesus using this language to his disciples uh, that he's teaching, uh, my children. After Jesus' coming in the New Testament, writers like John and Paul both talk about the people they're writing to as their children. They're not literally their children, but they are their children, spiritually speaking. Children they're teaching and and bringing Jesus to. And that's how the faith is passed down and shared. Spiritual parents to spiritual children. And I'm pretty sure that's why Catholic priests are called fathers. Because they're the spiritual fathers to their people. This mentoring, this spiritual parent, spiritual child sharing of the faith, um, that needs to be happening, especially in our homes, if we've been blessed with children. Uh, But also, we want that passing of the faith to be happening in the church. For spiritual fathers and mothers to be mentoring and discipling those younger in the faith. And this happens by design in a number of different ways in that mom-to-mom ministry we have, in our boys and girls clubs, gems and cadets, and really in all our classes and ministries for children and youth. These ministries, like Sunday School and Children's Church that we're up here today, are just so vital as we fervently pray for our children to respond in faith to Jesus and to become followers of him themselves. We're going to enjoy those, those cookies um, later on after, after worship um, to give thanks to those, all those who are caring for our children. And I, I tell you, from what I can tell, I, I don't, you know, it's pretty hard to say some people volunteering are having a tougher job than others. I will say, it's, I think it's very challenging and very intense uh, work giving care and truth to our children in the church. And, and so we're so thankful for those who, who are called to serve in that way and who step up and are serving in that way. Thank you. We also want these father-son, mother-daughter relationships, right, to be happening naturally in all sorts of ways in our church without having to be programmed. And this is actually already happening. Um, I know a number of people who have asked someone they respect in the faith, to mentor them in the faith. I also see it happening like in the men's Bible study and the small group I'm part of. In the discussions, you see people with farther along in the faith helping and having good conversations with those who are newer and younger in the faith. Um, I want to encourage us to be even more diligent about having these sorts of mentoring uh, relationships in the church, and we're hopeful that 
the brotherhood is going to spawn off more of that among the men in our church. These relationships, learning about Jesus, are always under Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's, it's not about, he's the good shepherd who leads his people. Uh, we're just, if you're mentoring someone, you might say, an under-shepherd. It's not about someone following our way when we disciple and, and help people, but directing someone towards Jesus' way. It's helping one another put our faith more and more in him, right? You think of uh, once of a teacher or a professor or a coach that really had an impact in your life. And I think all of us have had one or two of those, I would, I would hope. So someone who not only taught you great information, but also someone who, who was wise about life in general and who taught you something about living and, and life. Someone maybe you even aspired to be like. You got, got someone in mind? Yeah? Now think about how long were you in a very close relationship with this person? If it was like a grade school teacher, what, maybe a year? Maybe someone in high school or college, a teacher, a coach, maybe, maybe four years at the very most. Any human being who walks alongside us and leads us and mentors us, it's just for a portion of our life's journey, right? But with Jesus, you have someone who teaches you who leads you, who gives wisdom to you, who mentors you your whole life long. What a friend we have in Jesus. It's amazing. And he's given us this word so we can hear his voice teaching us, leading us whenever we open it. And he also has it preached in his church so we can hear this word brought to us and our lives and our world afresh week after week. He's the mentor for your journey like no one else your whole life long. One more thought about all of this. The fact that the Christ of Christmas is our Father also means that he's the guardian of and he's the keeper of your soul. Something pretty obvious about a father is that he cares for and loves his children. And this name for Jesus conveys and, and shows us his love and care for us. Something else that's very obvious is that earthly fathers never provide care and love perfectly. Far from it. And, and that's why, as, as parents, we're so thankful for God's forgiving grace because we can mess it up and blow it a lot. But, but since Jesus is fully God, his care is perfect. It's also 
everlasting, right? Everlasting, Father. It's eternal. In other words, he will keep you in his care forever. He won't let you go. He's never absentee. There are no goodbyes with Jesus. There are no missed meals, no missed devotions with the family, no losing his temper, no impatience, no harshness. Nothing in all creation can separate us from his love and care. Not even death itself. In fact, death only draws us nearer to Jesus. Charles Spurgeon, famous preacher, once said, there is no unfathering Christ and there's no unchilding us. He is an everlasting father to those who trust in him. Praise God for our everlasting father and that we have this eternal security in Jesus Christ. Isn't this child wonderful? Jesus, your everlasting father, the founder of our faith, a lifelong mentor, the perfect guardian of our souls. You too can be part of his kingdom. You too can receive perfect wisdom for your life's journey. And you can be kept safe and sound in his care forever. Just open your heart this season and every season to the child born in Bethlehem. Profess his name in the church and everywhere, and, and be an active part of his family here at Faith, as together all of us are seeking to live like his children more and more. And may he bless us and give us his grace as we do that. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, today in a very special way for sending your Son, our wonderful Counselor, our mighty God, our eternal Father, and our Prince of Peace. Thank you that we can belong to your kingdom. Help us to uh, live like children of the King, children of our Heavenly Father, better and better, O oh God, and, and forgive us when we mess that up. We're so thankful for Jesus, who came to forgive us our sins, uh, to make us part of the new family of God forever and ever. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.